Right, what is going on, Laker fans? Appreciate you guys tuning in. Just jumping into the tail end of that conversation. I'm trying to figure out here. I'm asking Funches and uh, trying to figure out. Okay, wait, was the conversation about Bronny? Is he good enough? Is he not good enough? I, I caught the end of it, and then we talked some nut milk right there. So <laughs> always uh, always comical coming on with those guys. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We got one hour of Los Angeles Lakers basketball talk. This is it, final week before um, Thursday comes, and next time next time we uh, all, all interact together, NBA trade deadline is going to be over, and that roster is going to be the roster, which might not be a bad thing. To be honest with you, I think um, I'm sure there's a, a huge relief that comes to a lot of players, coaches, and front offices once the trade deadline is over. Um, and, and part of that is just to say, okay, we know what we have now. There's nobody here to come save us. There's no no more help on the way. I mean, I guess you could still grab something on the buyout market, but um, you know that's a, that's not a blockbuster type of piece. Typically, still get some good pieces in the blockout or in the uh, in the buyout market. So, of course, uh, we we'll spent a lot of time talking about the trade deadline. Specifically for me, is how much of a priority is this for the Lakers? Do we feel like? They can still make a run if a small move is made. Does it have to be a blockbuster move? Does a blockbuster move even get you to where you need to be? How much you have to prioritize LeBron and what he wants versus the Lakers' future? So a lot to hit on there. But the way I want to do start the show, I just want to recap that 4-2 and two road trip for the Lakers. Because a week ago, Lakers played back-to-back a week ago. They had a game Monday night against the Rockets. They had a game Tuesday night against the Atlanta Hawks. By the time that Hawks that Hawks game was done and everyone was sitting back saying to themselves, okay, let me get this right. They start out the road trip one and two. They get at one point down 30 to the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets are kind of uh, uh, punking them, if you want to call it that. Dylan Brooks find a way, finds a way to get Jared Vanderbilt thrown out of the game. Just a bad look for the Lakers, period. And then a week ago today... That's when they lose to the Atlanta Hawks. And it was a very awkward post-game show. It was listening to Darvin Ham get a question about Christian Wood and the starting lineup and Christian Wood putting out an LOL and then being asked about it post-game. Then Christian Wood has to address it as well. And that was the same night that Braun puts out the tweet of the hourglass. I mean, it was just, what the hell is going on here? Lakers not playing good basketball. Oh, by the way, you got Boston and New York coming up. You're halfway through your road trip. This is just going in in an awful direction. And then the Lakers announced that LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't going to play in that game against uh, the Boston Celtics. And then everybody just assumes you're going into Boston. Lakers are going to get their ass kicked. Team with the best record in the NBA. Team with only two losses uh, so far as far as um, um, at the TD uh, at the TD Gardens, only two losses at home, and the Lakers find a way to win that game. Bron and Anthony Davis come back. They find a way to win the game against the New York Knicks, who had won nine games in a row. And then the Lakers made it interesting at the end against the Charlotte Hornets, but won the game. Lakers went four and two on that road trip. A week ago, if I'd have told you the Lakers are going to win three games in a row to go four and two on the road trip, um, the station probably would have just took me off the air and say, Al, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Thank you, but no thank you. Um, 
it's kind of a trip to see that the Lakers are sitting where they're sitting right now. And I'm, listen, I'm by no means trying to tell you. I, I think there's actually a couple ways you can look at that six-game road trip. The optimistic view is just to simply say they went four and two, and that's all that should matter. I don't want to hear any. Well, this happened, and what if that happened? I, they went four and two. And that's what has them two games over 500. And I'm not trying to stand out here and say the Lakers should have their chest out because they're two games over 500. If I want to have a little bit more of a pessimistic view of that six-game road trip, I would tell you, okay, they could have lost to the Golden State Warriors and maybe got a little bit lucky at the end. Why did the game go into double overtime? I could tell you that they almost blew that game against the Hornets, and Charlotte is literally one of the worst teams in the NBA. They've lost seven games in a row. They're one of the four worst records in the NBA. Who's who's in that list? Washington, Detroit, um, the Spurs, and the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte's two of their three best players um, in LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Maybe it's not Gordon Hayward anymore because you got some of these other guys, and clearly saw it yesterday. Brandon Miller was fantastic. Um, they almost blew a 21-point lead to the Charlotte Hornets, and they got all the way down to four, and the Hornets just didn't know how to execute, and they could have got even closer. Uh, Lakers walked away with that win. The Knicks were missing three starters. I was telling Michael, I was trying to tell Michael in the pregame show uh, yesterday when doing the, short, the Hornets game, I was like, hey, you know, they, they beat the New York Knicks. What would you think? He's like, please, don't tell them, don't, don't compliment the Lakers at all. Um the Knicks didn't have any players. They had one guy that was a, th- a true threat to score, which was Jalen Brunson. But they were missing Julius Randle, OG Ananob. Go down the list. I think Quentin Grimes, Mitchell Robinson. They had four players, key players that were out of that game. So there's an optimistic way to look at that 4-2 and two road trip. There's a pessimistic way to look at the road trip. If I want to find myself somewhere in the middle, <laughs> I would probably just say, okay, this team's got a long way to go, but it was impressive that they went 4-2 and two on that road trip. Um, they only got four games left before we get to the All-Star game or we get to the All-Star break. And I think that's going to help continue to tell the story because the teams that they're going to play, the Denver Nuggets, the Pelicans, um, at Utah, two of those teams are, you know, one of them's got a chance to win the whole thing again. The other one's going to be, I think, a solid a playoff opponent, and then the Utah Jazz are going to fight with the Lakers for one of those top ten spots. And um, and anytime you play at Utah, it's a tough game. We'll see which Lakers team shows up because I, I think that's been the most uh, most frustrating thing with the Lakers this year. I just got no idea which team is going to show up, and I still don't really have a good idea of what the identity of the Lakers are. Is it the 105 points to the Celtics? And the Knicks, or is it the 118 that they gave up to the Charlotte Hornets? I, I don't know. Or the 138 that they gave up to the Houston, or the 135 they gave up to the Houston Rockets, and 138 they gave up to the Atlanta Hawks. I, I have no idea. I really don't. I mean, I was listening to Anthony Davis yesterday post game, basically saying, when we put our minds to it, we can beat anybody. LeBron, a couple days ago, saying, we can we can beat anybody in the NBA, and we could also get our asses kicked against anybody in the NBA. They're right. That 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 kind of that does describe the Lakers. I thought John Ireland said something interesting today. We we're doing super crosstalk, and he said that 
if you told me the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, and I think this was part of a conversation he was having with P.J. Carlissimo at the Knicks game, if you told me the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me the Lakers um, get back to the Western Conference Finals, I wouldn't be surprised. That's how everybody feels about the Lakers right now. They're just all over the place, which takes me to this Thursday at noon. That's the trade deadline. Um, do the Lakers make a move by Thursday? Has this team showed you that they're a piece away from a real chance of a championship, competing for a championship? I think the answer for me is clear. Of course they haven't. This is not a team that I think you could depend on. This is a not, this is not a team that I think you could rely on. This is not a team that I could tell you, hey, this is what I can guarantee you is going to happen every single night when you watch Lakers basketball or you listen to Lakers basketball right here on 710 ESPN. I can't tell you what team's going to show up, and I can't even give you a description of who this team is on a night in, night out basis. It changes drastically day to day. It changes tra- drastically game to game. They can play the Denver Nuggets on Thursday and win that game by seven. And, uh, you know, okay, maybe there's going to be some surprise because it's the Lakers, it's the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets swept the Lakers. They could also lose that game by 17, and no one's walking out of that at, at a Crypto.com arena saying to themselves that they're shocked or they're surprised. Um, there's a lot that comes into play for this Thursday. And... There's a couple things I want to do. So tonight, on purpose here, I don't have a guest. And I don't have a guest because there's a lot that I want to say about the trade deadline. There's a lot of scenarios that I want to present. And then also, I just want to talk to Laker fans. I want Laker fans to chime in and give me their opinion of what they think the Lakers should do by this Thursday at noon. The phone number, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN. A quick reminder here. Lakers talk, as always, is presented by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. You hear me talking about them all the time. Uh, they're a proud partner here on 710 ESPN. Rush into your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Don't procrastinate, especially uh, right now. You know, if you got some issues going on with your car, check engine light is on. Go get your car serviced. Don't, don't take any chances there. Um, we come back. I, I want to throw out a couple of scenarios, and I, I'm one that would have loved, loved to see DeJounte Murray be a Los Angeles Laker. Uh, but the deal's just got to make sense. And the Lakers right now, what's most important is that they're making moves, not that just makes sense for today, but also makes sense for tomorrow. Some other names are being thrown around. Dorian Finney-Smith, Jeremy Grant, Bruce Brown Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal. So a long list of names and the caliber of names are completely different. So we'll get into it coming up next. Uh, stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If uh, you want to chat here on uh, Lakers Talk, feel free to call in as well. Uh, this is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
Tennessee, Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, I uh, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll uh, we'll take some phone calls here in, uh, in just a second. Um, NBA trade deadline is coming up on Thursday. Uh, so Lakers have until noon on Thursday to figure out what they're going to do. And I'm throwing this question out just what, – what do you think the Lakers should do? I'll give you my opinion. I've said this from the beginning and I don't think, I think anybody that, that looks at the Lakers right now and thinks that, um, they could improve this internally. Okay. Maybe to an extent. And, and, and I think something to keep in mind. I saw an, uh, a story from, uh, Dave McMenamin talking about how, um, Rob Palenka was active on the phones, you know, obviously trying to figure something out. I think the Lakers know they need to do something. I think the Lakers know um, that this team, as is, there is a real, real true risk, a, a true danger of not even being in the top eight when the dust settles. That's a real thing. And I, I know people think, there's some people out there that think, guys, Lakers are going to be fine. Did you not see them turn the just turn that switch on last year? Did you not see them when they needed to uh, perform the way they did to just get into the playing tournament and then eventually make the playoffs and then eventually handle Memphis, handle the Golden State Warriors, and then lose to the team that was just the best team in the NBA. I hate when we just keep looking at what the Lakers did last year. It's not the same year. It's not the same team. It's not the same predicament. It's not the same situation. The Lakers last year, when they got Rui and D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley at the time, um, they did go on a run. The team was healthy. They uh, put themselves in a position. I think they went 18 and 6 to close out the year just to grab that number 7 slot for the play-in tournament. Okay, this Lakers team, somebody tell me what, what you're resembling, what you've seen this year of that team last year that went 18 and 6 that played with complete desperation night in and night out. Maybe they were forced to, maybe they didn't have a choice. Maybe if that's the pressure that people are looking for is that, hey, when the Lakers need to, they can turn it on. I don't think it's the same team. I mean, hell, LeBron and Anthony Davis have virtually been there every single night, and the Lakers are still just two games over five hundred. So I'm a proponent of go make a deal. However, it's got to make sense. And, and, you know, part of me thinks if Rob Palenka made a deal by the time Thursday at noon hits – and he gave up that 2029 first rounder and some other pick swaps and 
Um, had to throw Max Christie in the deal as well and, and D'Lo or Austin Reason, where I felt like, wow, he just kind of went all in again. That, that looked a little bit desperate. Okay, we could sit here for a second and talk about, oh, I'm glad the Lakers were aggressive and they're trying to accommodate and, you know, Braun got exactly what he's looking for. Um, I don't want to have that feeling about the Lakers thinking they got to go all in and put themselves in a position where you're still not even guaranteed anything. If there's a deal out there that includes D'Angelo Russell, I think it was D'Lo, Jalen Hood, Shafino, and a first rounder. And that's enough to go get DeJounte Murray? Cool, I'll take my chances with that. But you have to understand, some of the reasons why I would take my chances with that is because I know DeJounte Murray has an extension coming up after this year where he's going to be a Laker for four years. Or if the, or he'll be for a Laker for a couple of years, and then they could decide what to do with him. They're bringing an asset back. Something to keep in mind with D'Angelo Russell's contract. I'm going to get into D'Lo. D'Lo's been excellent these last 16 games. He has. And I'm going to give the man his credit because he really, truly has been excellent over this stretch. D'Lo, at the end of the year, has a player option. D'Lo can walk away from the Lakers if he wants to at the end of this year, and the Lakers could have nothing to show for, for D'Lo. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Now, if D'Lo, if, if D'Lo ends up remaining a Laker through the end of the year, through the end of the season, because they couldn't get a deal done by January or by, uh, February 8th, I probably feel a little bit different than I did a month ago because he has been playing such good basketball, which is a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting D'Angelo Russell over his last 16 games to be averaging 22 and 6 a game. Okay, here are some of the other names that are being thrown out there, um, which is kind of crazy because they're, they're such different caliber of players. DeJounte Murray, we've heard that name for a long time now, okay? But and I'm, I'm looking at, there was a couple different articles I was reading today. One was from Sam Amick from The Athletic. Another one was Dave McMenamin on ESPN. Some of the other names being thrown out there were... Dorian Finney-Smith, nice player. I, I like him. Uh, he, he can hit his jumpers and he can play defense. Jeremy Grant, which I don't see a world, this is just me personally, I don't see a world where the um, where the Portland Trailblazers are making a deal with the Lakers, but Jeremy Grant's a, a, a really nice player. I've always been a fan of his. Um, and, and unfortunately for him, he's been buried with the Portland Trailblazers, so we really don't get to watch him all that much. Bruce Brown Jr., a nice player that the Lakers have had interest in for since the offseason they've had interest in him. And some of the other players that I mentioned, Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, um, again, you could see the caliber of different type of players that are being rumored around the Lakers. Ultimately, at the end of the day, this is the thing that I pay attention to most. Um you got to make a move that makes sense for today and tomorrow as well. You can keep LeBron's timeline in mind, but for for again, for now and for tomorrow. This cannot be one of those predicaments in those situations where because uh, cuz I don't think the Lakers are a move away from okay, hey, now in this they're the same caliber. Do you think if the do you think the Lakers by making a move they're in the same caliber just because we're looking at all the players that are available out there does it put them in the caliber of the Denver Nuggets, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, who else do you want the Los Angeles Clippers if you want to put if you want to say those are the four top teams in the NBA right now? Um 
So, yes, if you need to make a move, do it. But don't make a move because LeBron is pressuring you to make a move. Don't make a move because you're only thinking about this season. And I, I got a feeling, to be honest with you, I think Rob Palenka is hes responsible enough, it seems like, at least over the course of this last year or so, that I don't think he's going to make a knee-jerk reaction. I don't think he's going to make a move to just accommodate one individual um, unless he thought, obviously, they had a legitimate chance of winning an NBA championship. I don't know if I see that scenario this year. I really don't. McMenamin had brought this up. Dave McMenamin brought this up in an article maybe a week, two weeks ago or so, that another option, and I'm not telling you that I'd like the Lakers to wait till the offseason, but if you can't find a good deal to do this year that you feel like is is of benefit, then maybe the best route to take is wait till the summer when you do have three first-rounders. You have more flexibility, and you could try to make a real blockbuster move from there. Um, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN is presented by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Um, I always say it, always talk about them. They're so convenient. they got locations all through Southern California. Rush in your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChains.com for uh, locations and game-winning coupons. Okay, and we come back, two things I want to do. I know we got a lot of people that are waiting on hold, so I'm going to grab some of your phone calls, 877-710-ESPN. And then um, I want to talk about the LeBron window of this entire thing. Brian Windhorse was on NBA Today, and he's talking about how LeBron wants the Lakers to be aggressive. We'll get into that as well coming up. I'll play that sound. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, next game for the Lakers, it's uh, coming up on Thursday. Lakers got the uh, Denver Nuggets. Uh, yeah, they're okay. They're not a bad team. Um, defending NBA champs, trying to come back into Crypto.com Arena and show that they're still the best team in the league. Uh, also a very, very special night. Obviously on Thursday, uh, Kobe Bryant statue is going to come up at Crypto.com Arena. So uh, a special unveiling for that. A lot going on on Thursday. Also at noon will be the trade deadline. I want to take a couple calls here. Let's go to uh, Ryan in Temecula. Ryan, appreciate you calling in. What's going on? Hey, uh, uh, hi. Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, I got Hello? you. Mike. Yep. Hey, I just uh, had a, just a few questions. Uh, my first question 
would be um, since Jared Vanderbilt is uh, possibly out for the season, do you think the Lakers um, should consider um, dealing uh, Rui Hachimura um, in the uh, before the deadline? deadline? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I appreciate you calling in. Rui's an interesting Thanks. one. I actually have not heard his name talked about much in the trade deadline. Well, the only name that I feel like I've heard consistently has been D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. And Reeves, the, the Lakers, at least it sounds like through sources, pretty much saying, yeah, we're not going to deal Austin Reeves. Le- uh, or um, um, D'Angelo Russell seems to be the name that's that's brought up the most. Here's a reality around Rui Hachimura. Um I think he's been very average this year. And if people want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been in and out of the lineup, that's fine. But he's also been very average his entire career. I thought he got a really, really good deal in the offseason, the three years, $51 million. I did. I was a little surprised. I was like, oh, wow, got $51 million? I mean, hell, Austin Reeves is the one that got, what, four years, 56. So... His contract per year was better than Austin Reeves. And I know his value, at least in my mind, is not... I mean, there's there's potential there, but for on a consistent basis? No, no, Austin Reeves is more consistent than him. D'Angelo is obviously more consistent than Rui. So to answer your question, I, I don't see a reason why Rui, um, why his name wouldn't be brought up in trade conversations. That That doesn't sound like a player... To me, that you're saying, no, 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 he can't get dealt. That's not happening. If your name's not LeBron or Anthony Davis, everyone could get dealt. Now, some of the advantages of having Austin Reeves, you own his rights for four years, three more years after this year. Austin Reeves seems like his trajectory is only going up, um, where D'Angelo Russell, he could be gone by the end of this year. And I'm talking about that's his choice, that's his option if he chooses to do that. Uh, let's go to Solomon from Lake Balboa. Solomon, what's going on? Long time no talk, buddy. How are you? Hey, Alan. Great hearing your voice, man. Yes, thank you. First and foremost, I do want to point out that what's so difficult to make a move with this team is because you've got the Dr. Jekyll and, and, and Mr. High of basketball right now. So how do you even approach making improvements when you don't know what team is going to show up night to night? That makes, your, that makes it really, really tough. Um, but you made a really good point. First of all, uh, also just in response to LeBron and being aggressive, I'm sorry, Mr. James. I think we've sort of come to the end of our rope here. We've spent a lot of capital already. We've done what you wanted to do for how many years now? We have to start thinking of our future a little bit. Your expiration date is coming up pretty quick here. So I would be very wary of getting too aggressive. And, and you know why? Because if you don't do much and you end up going in the toilet, okay, so be it. You've got a lot more options in the offseason to do some major changes if that's what you need. That said, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, you have a team that could potentially, everyone's you know uh, healthy and playing up to their potential. Who knows? We could be in the Western Conference Finals again. So I, I'm, I, if I was going to make a small move, I would uh, perimeter defense, maybe uh, Schroeder or Bogdanovich. I don't know if Bogdanovich is a great defender, but I knew uh, I know uh, Schroeder sometimes is missed on the outside as a perimeter defender. That's maybe the only move I'd make. Solomon, uh, I appreciate the call, brother. Thank you for the call. Okay, a couple quick things here. One of the things that he mentioned was on Braun, 
and um, yeah, just kind of looking at how you want to treat. Braun is tweet of the hourglass that was uh, a couple days ago. He had some quotes yesterday that I want to find this quote here real quick because I, I think his quotes tell a little bit of the story as well. One of his quotes, this is who we have, so there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, he was asked about the upcoming trade deadline. He says, I don't get caught up in that. Uh, we're going to go out and prepare ourselves every single night, no matter what it is, no matter who's out on the team, no matter what. So it's my job and AD's job as the two captains to make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing, the main focus is now Thursday's game at home and look forward to that matchup. Uh, he also did say, it's not a question for me. I love who we have in the locker room, and that's all I worry about. All right. Sign kind of some mixed messages here. I think LeBron always gives. Take a listen here because this is Brian Windhorse uh, earlier today on NBA Today talking about LeBron James and how he wants the Lakers to be aggressive. Take a listen. Yeah, the Lakers have – there's two negotiations going on with the Lakers right now. There's the negotiations that they have with the teams that they're in talks with on trades. Yeah. And there's the negotiation LeBron is sending with his passive-aggressive stuff, his, his, his bag of – Maneuvers yeah. that are all very deniable because he's a he's a master at it. But he has made it extremely clear he wants the Lakers to be aggressive. What the Lakers have done in talks from people that I have talked to is that they have been willing to trade the 2029 first round pick that they have in their coffers. Yeah. But what they have not been willing to do is give everything that they've got. Okay. Multiple pick swaps. Austin Reeves. Looking to go and you know use second round picks in another deal to get expiring money because teams who are talking to them about D'Angelo Russell aren't crazy about his player option. Mm-hmm. I think they want to try to improve their roster, but they've also watched this team, to use LeBron's words, be Jekyll and Hyde, and they've watched them win at the highest level in some of the hardest places. Look, in this last month, they've beat Oklahoma City twice. Yeah. In Boston, in New York, they've beaten the Clippers. They twice. won the in season tournament. Like, this isn't necessarily a team that if they add one little piece, is going to solve everything. Yeah. I think they they are going to try to improve, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did something, but I don't think that they have the interest in you know, pouring everything they've got onto the table to make a deal. All right, uh, that's Brian Windhorse. Listen, clearly I believe LeBron would like to see some changes. LeBron's 39 years old. The guy doesn't, it can't look five years down the road. He's trying to win right now, and I don't blame him. That, that's, LeBron should be wanting to win. I mean, in his career, it's been about winning a championship, getting to the finals, or it's a lost season. And last year, the Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals. I think a lot of the reasons why the Lakers signed the players that they did in the offseason, a lot of them, I heard two things in the offseason. I heard one was, um, it gave the Lakers some continuity because they brought a lot of players back. And the other thing was it gave the Lakers flexibility to make a move by the trade deadline that a lot of these contracts that the Lakers had was going to give the Lakers that flexibility that they were, that they were looking for. Um, I'm trying to think here. What kind of... What kind of pool does LeBron have at this stage? I still think he has a lot of pool. And part of that has to do with he's got a player option at the end of this year, and Bron is playing still fantastic basketball. So I, I get the pool that he has. Would LeBron actually leave at the end of this season? Let's say the Lakers don't make a move, and then they're eliminated 
think of worst case scenario. They're eliminated in the playing tournament. They don't even get to the playoffs. Or they get to the first round and they lose. They play Minnesota or Denver in the first round and they're out in five or six games. Would LeBron actually leave at the end of this season because he has his player option? Okay, that could happen. All right, then it happens. Lakers will be able to move on if he decides to do that. And frankly, to be honest with you, I think, and and listen, I still believe he's going to be a Laker next season, but I'm just playing out the scenarios. If he's using his leverage like he's used his leverage in the past, which, by the way, I'm a big fan of. I love when players use their leverage. I love the way he used to use his leverage in Cleveland every single year, basically held that organization hostage and said, we better be competing for an NBA championship or what the hell are we doing here? I'm okay with that. But Braun at 39 is obviously different than Braun at 34 or 35 or 32. Um, and that's why I go back to this. If, hypothetically, worst-case scenario played out, Lakers can't make a move at this trade deadline, Braun is upset about that, uh, they're eliminated in the first round or they don't even make it out of the playing tournament, and Braun decides to use his player option and say, you know what, I'm not signing another deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. I got to be honest with you. It, it's mission accomplished. That'd be six years with the Los Angeles Lakers, where I think both LeBron and the Lakers could look at each other and say, "Okay, we did as best as we possibly can in this partnership. You want an NBA championship together?" Uh, I'm not even going to talk about the business side because the business of LeBron and the Lakers, that marriage together, is a business in itself. That it, it's that's a power couple, if you want to put it that way. Um, but you want an NBA championship together. You, you got a Western Conference Finals together. You probably, Anthony Davis was coming here because LeBron was here. There's a lot to look at. I understand the front office saying to themselves, the, the wind horse sound I think is a, is a great clip. It's a great example of, well, they can't give up the farm to accommodate a year that I think there's a much greater shot that the Lakers are not competing for an NBA championship than if they are. Now, if there was a trade out there that you thought, hey, if they got that player and this deal went down, they're in the mix, then go make that deal. Um, but it doesn't sound like that's a deal that's uh, that's been on the table. Could be right, could be wrong there. Uh, Scooter from L.A. Scooter, I appreciate you waiting. Uh, what's going on, Scooter? Yeah, Al. One thing I got to say is, man, is, um, I mean, I love LeBron, man, but I'm tired of him holding the, the Lakers hostage. You know what I mean? You can't keep selling your future. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, uh, I can remember uh, years ago when the Lakers uh, kind of made that move where they had players that they sold for uh, teams down the road and those players they, they got back turned out to be Magic Johnson, then later on James Worthy. So sometimes, man, you got to save them picks. And one more thing, uh, just a quick question. Would you trade Austin Reeves for uh, Caruso straight up? I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for calling in. That's a good question. That's an interesting question right there. Caruso, a um, phenomenal phenomenal defender. I don't know how many years Caruso has left on his contract. And I think um, I'm going to look that up. That that has a lot to do with it. Only because, like I said, one of the best assets of having Austin Reeves, you got him for four years. So he is 2024. 
He's partially guaranteed next year. So you're only going to have him for another year. Now I'll keep Austin Reeves. I'll keep AR. I'll keep him. And I think, you know, I'm going to give the Lakers credit for being able to go out there and try to develop some of their own players. No question about it. Not re-signing Alex Caruso was a mistake for the Lakers. I think everybody agrees with that. Um, but I, I'm, I'm okay to roll with him because I think they got great value for him. And I think that the fact that they have him for four years. So that, that's part of my reasoning of why I would, uh, keep Caruso. I'm a big fan, or, uh, keep Austin Reeves. I'm a big fan of Caruso. Lakers should have never got rid of him. I think we all know that. Um, okay. I, I got a, I got some more sound I want to play because I, I think the, the chatter, and I, I disagree. You know, Scooter's saying that LeBron is holding back the Lakers, holding back this. I don't think he is. I think LeBron's got the right goal, the right, his, when people say that he's holding back the Lakers' future, when have the Lakers really rebuilt? I mean, the, the, the one time that we can all remember the Lakers rebuilding, the Lakers, they don't have to do things. This is the advantage that the Lakers have that many other franchises don't have. They don't have to do things the way the Houston Rockets have to do things or the Oklahoma City Thunder have to do things or the Sacramento Kings have to do. You, you gotta, you better hit on your picks and you better hope that you can keep that player for years to come. Um, you have to be precise with every one of your draft picks. You have to be precise with every one of your trades, with every one of your free agent signings you're developing. The one time that the Lakers decided, hey, you know what, let's rebuild. You know what they ended up doing? Trading every one of those players to go get a star. Now, you know, in a perfect world, you hit on some of your draft picks, and the Lakers – uh, never had a superstar of any of those players that they drafted in Lonzo, um, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell. Go down the list. They had a lot of draft picks. They never drafted a superstar. Um, but they could do things a little bit different. So I'm okay with working in LeBron's timeline. I'm okay with even knowing that the man is 39 years old. What I'm saying is just if there's a deal not there and you're just trying to accommodate LeBron, that's just not a smart business move. And it doesn't sound like the Lakers would do that anyways. At least this time around, they probably learned from that Russell Westbrook uh, trade from back in the day. Okay, when we come back, uh, Richard Jefferson, again, was on NBA Today. and He was talking about the deadline chatter around LeBron. I thought he had some really good points about it, this This is being LeBron. Everything is being pointed at LeBron like they're his decisions. I think he had a different perspective as somebody that used to play with LeBron for a couple of years. Uh, plus, I want to spend a little time talking about uh, what's going on on Thursday, that Kobe statue, and uh, get some suggestions of what we think that statue is going to look like of Kobe Bryant coming up uh, on Thursday as well. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, the uh, hour always goes fast here on Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thank you for uh, everybody that tuned in. If you uh, miss any part of the show, by the way, you can always go on um, our ESPN LA app, and uh, that Lakers Talk tile is right there so you can catch the show. Um, okay, so I actually I'm, I'm not going to end up playing this Richard Jefferson sound. It's uh, it's a couple minutes long, and it, we don't have that much time. I want to spend some time talking about the Kobe statue. But basically what he said was, LeBron, everybody points a finger at LeBron for wanting to improve the team that when he was a player with Braun, this is not uncommon. And when you're supposed to be a championship contender or you're one of the greats out there and he uses Steph Curry's situation and the Golden State Warriors that when the team's not playing well, then, yeah, people get shipped out at the deadline. Lakers certainly not playing uh, the way they should be playing this year. Walking into the season, we all had a lot higher expectations and – they haven't met them. What does that mean? That means then you start dealing with trade chatter, and that certainly happens with the Lakers. Kobe statue. It's coming up uh, this Thursday. Pretty cool that um, uh, Kobe Bryant's bronze statue will be unveiled at the Star Plaza outside of Crypto.com Arena, where we are, where our office uh, sits. It's on the second floor, so we got kind of a direct look there at that L.A. Live Square, and you could tell they're starting to do some work and everything else. Um, Funch, let me ask you this. You, as somebody as big of a Kobe fan as you, and um, you kind of think of some of the different Kobe iconic moments, what, what are you hoping that statue looks like? What, what, what is it that, of all the iconic moments, what, what is it that you're Peter, hoping for? Peter, two things, uh, Slee. Okay. It's got to be when they won the title and he jumped on the table and had his hands out. You know, good like one. What? Yep. Or just a typical Kobe jump shot. I mean, just that looks just great. Kind of a fadeaway, a fadeaway jumper yeah. or something yeah, along something those like lines. That. You know, if Shaq has his dunk, Kobe has to have the fadeaway, right? DeAndre, what are you thinking? If you want to see, you know, what uh, an iconic moment, what do you want it to look like? I, I agree with Funch, man. You know, a little fadeaway action. You know, he's iconic for obviously having some game winners, and all, all of them are majority fadeaways, and maybe a little jersey tug too, man. You never know. Okay, so that that's that's the. That's the one that Travis brought up this morning that when he scored, I think it was when he scored 81 and he grabs his jersey and he's kind of pointing to his heart, right? And you kind of see him yelling and it's kind of an iconic pose. Um, that's another one that he thrown out there. I, I tell you what, they've done, and I think this is, this happens. This is not too uncommon, but they've done a pretty damn good job of keeping this thing under wrap because I have no idea what it's going to be. And it could be. Like, you know, Kareem, you kind of had a good idea. I think the magic idea on the concept was there. You see him in the open floor kind of directing traffic. 
uh, Shaq, it's, it's, it's perfect. I mean, there he is, um, dunking and dominating the way he did. We'll find out what Kobe's is. Um, I, we do know the Lakers are going to wear that black Mamba uniform against the Nuggets. Uh, that's going to include an LA 24 on the belt and a number eight and 24 on the flap of each leg of the shorts. That's coming from the Lakers. I saw something else. It was basketball news that, uh, put it out there. Um, a lot going on on Thursday. At noon, we're going to find out who the, who's on this roster the rest of the year. At 3.30, they're going to unveil Kobe's statue. And then at 7 o'clock, Lakers are going to play a game against the defending NBA champs that swept them in the playoffs. And, you know, right now, if you're a Laker fan, you're just trying to find ways how you can, how you can get some W's. Uh, Lakers ninth in the standing, three back from the uh, number six spot. Um, and on top of that, four games left before the All-Star break. So you got the Nuggets, the Pelicans at home Thursday, Friday. Next week, you take on the Pistons at home and then a road game against the Utah Jazz. We'll see what the Lakers can do before this break comes to play. A couple quick shout-outs here. Thank you to Michael Funches, Mario Ruiz, DeAndre Hawkins, everybody doing everything in the background. I'll be back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers. I appreciate you guys tuning in. L.A., have a great rest of your night.